thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Kim Hicks, Vice President of Business Development with the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing. I am thrilled to have the opportunity today to chat with Michelle Carl, who is with our diamond partner, Ability Network. And I wanna give some gratitude and kudos to Ability. They are also our premier sponsor for our 2021 conference in April. So just a little bit about Ability before we jump in today. Ability Network is a leading provider of cloud-based integrated software applications to the long-term post-acute care industry. Thousands of skilled nursing facilities across the U.S. rely on Ability applications to deliver meaningful insights and drive their performance improvement efforts for high quality care and optimal clinical and financial outcomes. This comprehensive suite of user-friendly tools helps SNFs prepare for surveys, improve star ratings, reduce costs, optimize reimbursements, and enhance resident quality of life. So welcome, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you today on a Friday. So just so our viewers know, you have 29 years experience in long-term care. And besides that, I just think it's fantastic because you still work in a sniff on weekends. So, you know, we can speak and we can train on different content, but the fact that you're still really working in the trenches is so fantastic in terms of really the saying, we practice what we preach. So with that said, I'm going to pass it on to you, Michelle, and let you give us a quick background on your experience and what you do with Ability, and then we'll jump right into our topic today, which is on quality measures and QRPs. Thank you so much, Kim. Yes, so today I actually still do work in facilities and long-term care on the floor. My passion is nursing. You know, I always say, we're there to love the elderly until they either go home or to heaven. So here I am. What I do with Ability Network is exactly to help you. I am the clinical subject matter expert for our product management team. So we work very closely together to try to provide products that's really going to give you time so you can spend time on that floor loving the elderly. The only thing I want to really point out is I have been in your shoes. I started as a certified nursing assistant while attending college, and then I became a nurse. I've also was a former MDS nurse. I've been an MDS nurse for over 10 plus years, and I have been RAC certified through ANAC for over, gosh, 10, 12 years now. I did work in the corporate regional nursing management years for five years, but then I decided I wanted to see the other side of the world, so I became a RAC auditor. So, of course, yes, I know I was not your friend, but as a RAC auditor, I was able to learn many things. I was able to see how the other side sits and thinks and how the survey teams look at different aspects, and this really helps drive where I am today with Ability Network. So as a clinical sales engineer with Ability Network, I have the ability to really help write the technology that's really going to help you and give you time back so you can really spend time with your elderly. And in these trying days, we really need to do that. So I want to first say thank you to everyone who is working in facilities because I do understand how tough it is right now with the pandemic going on and with everything. But I really hope that we are able to assist you in the background. That's so fantastic, Michelle. All right, so this is a great topic. 
let's jump right in. So CMS announced a freeze on the SNF QRP. So tell us what this means for our SNFs. So, you know, CMS is always changing things. And then with the pandemic that came out, they decided that they would freeze different areas, especially the SNF QRPs. So, you know, with quality reporting, it's really important that we have the data that we need to review everything, but on top of it, we have to look at what those changes are going to be. Now, with the pandemic, they have determined that they're going to not report certain aspects, but you have to remember that in September 2020, they also proposed new measures. So where are those new measures falling? How is everything going to be handled? Now, the NHSN has released January 21, a document identifying health associates infection control surveillance. That's part of one of the SNF QRPs is that HAI. So where is that going? And I know that it's going to be a hot topic for everybody to be following. But when we talk about QRPs itself, what we're looking at is how are we going to have to report that? So they did do quarter refresh on October 2020, but that refresh was only with Q1 and Q4 2019 data. Those six new QM measures were actually included in that refresh. So the QM measures that we're looking at was like the changing skin integrity post-acute. So looking at pressure ulcers, we know we don't want pressure ulcers in our building. That drug regiment review conduct the following identifiers. So that's really looking at how you're managing the medications. But they included a lot of those IRF functional outcome measures. So section GG is going to be even more important because now it's playing a part of our QRPs. So the change in self-care, the change in mobility, discharge self-care score and discharge mobility score. These measures are new and they are in that new section. You know, CMS stated that section G was going to go away, but then the pandemic happened and, you know, we still have it for a little bit longer, but that just means section GG is going to play a bigger part in our outcome measures of how everything is going to handle, especially like in quality measures and QRP. And it can affect our dollar values in the back end, and it will definitely look at our survey process. So we really need to start paying attention of where we're going to inline our section GG. It needs to be a team effort. It does not need to be falling just on your MDS nurses. It really needs to fall on everybody from therapy to MDS nurses to your floor nurses. If your floor nurses don't understand the outcome measures or that section GG, it's a great time to start that education. And I know right now time is few and far between. And I also know staffing is a hard area to manage because of everything going on. But in the back end, those measures are going to become unfrozen. And when they become unfrozen, then you're going to start feeling a little bit of agony because of that. So we know that we are frozen January, April, July of October 2021. The public reporting is supposed to resume on January 2022. So that's a whole year. Let's educate why we're still frozen so we can have good outcome measures. And then in April of 2022, we're going to have that normal refresh. So it's really the best time for education in your building 
even though you could be short of caretakers because of everything going on, but we need to start still managing. And with everything going on, those QRPs are going to be important because you have an elderly that might be a little bit more sicker. So they might start having a little bit more of the skin issues because we all know that they are fragile. And that's why everybody's paying so much attention to them. Great information. So I know we talked about right now, you just told us a lot about training to kind of be prepared because we do have that time. But how else can stiffs prepare for the audits that are really going to start backing up? So when you start looking at how can you prepare? You need to know where you need to prepare. So by looking at your data, your analytics, and I know back in the day, I started, you know, in 1992, when all we worried about is writing on paper. I literally started nursing when we use different color pens for different shifts on the paper so we could determine, you know, what colors it is. But the thing about it is now it's really all data driven. And the reason why is because back in the day, you know, I remember starting doing MDSs when you did the dial tone and you would listen to the horrible AT&T dial tone to send the information. The web, the internet, all of that has made surveyors smarter because now they're gathering all of your data. So everything you write on that one important information, which is your MDS, is really getting into their hands. But not only is it getting into the survey team hands, this is also getting into your rack auditor's hands because everybody can pull that data. So you wanna make sure that you look at your data, but you wanna be ahead of the game. So let's look at the data now in real life time. Let's see what's going on. Let's see who's declining. Because if we can see sooner than later, then what that's gonna do is give you the ability to improve their quality of care and improve your QRPs, improve all of those areas. I understand nurses are not the most fabulous tech-driven people, but guess what? We have to have a little bit of the tech in us, be able to manage where that data is going. And by having something simple is really what's going to help. You know, make your reports simple, make them easy, make them as real lifetime as you can, but pay attention to them. When you have your stand-up meetings and you have someone who's starting to have a pressure ulcer, you know, this is the time to start looking at what else is going on with them. Even though we don't want to sit in front of computers all day, there is going to have to be some of that time spent looking through the charts and trying to figure out. And we're great investigators. I always tell everyone a nurse's passion in the background is to be a private investigator because we investigate everything. And the reason why we do that is because we care. Exactly. Do you want to mention anything about kind of the coding around the single room isolation? Oh, yes. That is very, very important, especially right now. Yeah. So being a past rack auditor, I hate to tell you, but one of the things that we achieved more money back is going to be that coding around isolation. Now, your REI guidelines specifically tells you how to code isolations. You need to make sure you pay very close attention to that. Um, the reason why is because if you mess up in just one particular area, guess what? You're going to lose your dollar values in the back end, but on top of that, you're going to get a federal tag. So I know there's a lot of facility who has isolation rooms, who has single halls that are just for COVID because of the isolation, but you have to look at what's going on. So for the isolation coding, you have the residents have the active infection. So they have COVID. If they have COVID, they need to be 
in an isolated room that's been acquired. So you have to make sure you document that they need to be in an isolated room. But the thing about it is trying to tell an elderly, especially one who has dementia, that they have to stay in room can be trying. But for you to code it, they have to stay in the room and they have to be in a room alone. You can't have two people in the same room, even if they have the same infection, if you're going to code it on your MDS. It's the residents in a room alone because they have an active infection. They cannot have a roommate, which means the resident has to be alone and they have to remain in the room for all services. So if you are doing therapy or any of that area, you need to Everything has to be done in the room. You have to follow your PPE guidelines with that resident. But the biggest thing is making sure that you follow what the REI guidelines. And I'll let you know that ANAC has wonderful information on their site regarding isolations. So if you do not know and the REI guidelines are confusing you, go look at what they've documented because it's really going to help you. But if you do not code isolations correctly, you will lose that dollar value when those auditors come in and you can get a federal tag, which you do not want to get either. Yeah. Big topic there this during this pandemic. So Michelle, I have one final question for you today and that's around calculating PDPM. So with all of the states collecting data now to collect PDPM payment codes on OBRA assessments, how is that going to affect our process? You know, so PDPM came out, it's been a year now. So um, with PDPM, we have to remember that that's a whole new payment. So there's no more RUAs or RUMs or any of those areas. So there are UBs, there's none of that. But what we do have is the HIPS code. So the HIPS codes are really important to look at. And when they determine that they're not going to do certain sections on the MDS, so for example, section G, you have to remember that prior to PDPM, section G played a key area in our revenue. So that's what determined that A, B, or C in the back end of your rug value. But if section G is getting pulled off, then it's all gonna go on that guidelines of section GG. The thing about it is if states use the current case mix index model that they're using, they still need section G. So CMS is giving them the chance to either continue with Section G by saying you can do an optional state assessment that will have Section G on it or go by the PDPM model. Now, some states have not decided, but 18 states said they would not be collecting a PDPM model. If you fall in one of those states, then you need to be doing that optional state assessment. The thing about it, though, is if you don't know, you need to pick up your phone and call your MDS person for the state and ask them, do I need to be doing the optional state assessment? Because that's really where they're gonna guide their dollar values is off of that optional state assessment. The other thing you wanna look at though, is when we talk about the optional state assessment in section G, you still have to remember that section GG is what's gonna drive all your dollar values for your Medicare and your maybe those managed care insurance. A lot of insurance companies, and I've worked for a few, they go by Medicare guidelines. Medicare guidelines means PDPM. So if you're renewing your contracts with Blue Cross Blue Shield, with United, you need to ask them, 
are you going by Medicare guidelines? And if that's the case, then you're going to have to do PDPM for those areas. Now, don't transmit the insurance ones to the state, but you are going to have to follow those guidelines. Now, if your insurance company or the state still stays case mix, and they say, no, we're going to go by other guidelines, then that's when you need to look at that optional state assessment. Now, note that on the OBRA, the non-skilled resident, it is required by the state for Medicaid case mix to observe, collect, and code GG self-care and mobility functions ability in the three ending days of the art. So even if you have to do that optional state assessment, you still are required to do that section GG. Coding only the performance in column one and then follow the state initiatives for your over assessments on the other areas. So it's really a great time to reach out <laughs> to your state MDS caseworker and ask them, do I need to follow the OBRA guidelines with the state optional assessment or am I following the PDPM guidelines? And also think about the case mix snapshots. When you look at the OBRA assessments throughout the given quarter while residents in a facility, it really doesn't affect the Medicaid reimbursements when you talk about the section GG. So your Medicaid dollars are not going to change right now. Could they change? I'm pretty sure they probably will. And the reason why I say that is because CMS always is changing something. But in the background at the moment, we're going to follow the same areas. Great information. Not a surprise coming from someone like yourself with so much experience. So I just want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your day today to chat with us. And thank you again to Ability Network for all of your support to PACN and both ANAC and AADNS. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, Kim, and thank you for such a wonderful uh, informational site um, ANAC has provided for all of the nurses out there, especially for long-term care. You're invited to refresh, renew, and refocus at the APACN 2021 virtual conference this April 14th and 15th and April 21st and 22nd. Get ready for the new year and an entirely new type of virtual event. Registration is now open. Members of ANAC AADNS and APACN save 50%. Learn more and register today at aapacn.org.